I'm Tara Aldridge, and you're listening to The Smart Woman Show. I believe that every woman has a powerful, profitable, and impactful business inside of them that God has called them to create. This podcast is for women who have a deep sense that they want more, more out of life, relationships, and business. This show is going to give you the tools to be everything God created you to be by sharing strategies, tactics, and heart-centered lessons so you can stop stopping yourself at the fear of the unknown and finally take your inspired vision and turn it into an impactful business. There's no excuses here. Are you ready to commit? Let's do this. Welcome to the Smart Woman Show, Alex Kuhn. Welcome. Wow, I know the jingle's changing at the beginning for those of you ladies listening. I haven't nailed it yet. I'm still working on what that little jingle's going to sound like, but I'm definitely going to sing. It's happening. Alex Kuhn, welcome to the show. Well, the first time I've heard somebody sing an intro, so I am just, I'm excited. So it's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, super cool. I think why not stand out? And I think that is so actually perfect in leading into this conversation because your whole thing is you were born to lead, baby, right? That's it. That's the guy you are. And I mean, you are so accomplished Alex, I mean, I was reading some of the things you've been up to in the world. I mean, first of all, you help entrepreneurs unlock their unique leadership gifts, which is the most important thing right now with how many people have just lost hope, lost hope in the world, lost hope in themselves, lost hope in the constitution of family and marriage and connection and all of these things. And even in the country, I mean, come on, what's happening right now is crazy. And like the fact that you're pouring into leaders and showing them what's possible is so important. But on top of that, you've got over 200 success stories from around the world. You know, like you're an international name. You've been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, BuzzFeed. You are, after being one of the top NCAA swimmers, but I have no idea what that means, coaches. (laughs) I have no idea what that means. You're going to have to tell me later. Um, But you started on your business journey. And so I want to talk about that. And the one thing that I noticed on your Instagram that I really want to just kind of kick off the energy with is something that you said, yes, show up every single damn day. (laughs) (laughs) Because don't we just want to complain sometimes? Yeah. So how do you have that attitude? You know, I... You know, and probably from a little bit of my upbringing, probably a little bit of just seeing who is doing some, you know, we talk about, you know, so many people, like I think in our world, talk about legacy and leaving an imprint and doing something that's just worthwhile, something that brings us alive. And I always just go back to, I remember when I was a kid and I grew up very humble upbringing. You know, this was not supposed to be my life. You know, I grew up on a farm just outside of Pittsburgh. You know, I was supposed to hang out with all my high school best friends for the rest of my life. I was supposed to get the 40 year job and, you know, stay around the area. But, you know, that that wasn't what was calling me. But it doesn't mean there weren't amazing lessons that I was very fortunate to have. And one of those lessons I remember as a 10 year old, I remember being on the farm and we were just literally we were picking up big rocks we were putting them on these bulldozers and we were taking them and basically putting them around our property and i remember probably as a 10 year old i was complaining to my dad i don't want to do this i don't want to get to do this again and my dad said listen if you want to enjoy your life and if you want to love what you do with your life you gotta love work because it's gonna take work 
to get to where you want to go. And that's always just stuck with me, this idea that why do I have to look at work as work? Why don't I just enjoy work? Why don't I love the process? And it's even the things I say day in and day out, just saying, why not just instead of worrying about how many clients I'm going to get, how much money I'm going to make, why don't I just enjoy this moment and what I'm doing to make it all happen? Well, that sounds amazing. And I can already hear the women on the show. Oh, please. I can hear them. Like, please tell me something else. Like, tell me something different than that. Because it, what, I, what I love about what you said here is, is it's like, yes. Like the answer is yes, you get to stop. And this is what, this is what my take on it. Okay. The answer is yes. You get to stop feeling sorry for yourself. Yes. You get to stop whining and complaining. Yes. You get to get in the trenches because right now we're living in this culture where everybody wants everything done like this, like super fast. And on top of that, they have this expectation of what success gets to look like because they see these overnight millionaires, these overnight success stories. And it's just not true. So let's speak some truth into this because at the back end of that, yes, damn it, show up every single damn day. You say, and when you can't, build a business anyway. Yes. Like do it anyway. When you can't, do it anyway. And so I would love to talk about that. How do you do it anyway? I think the first thing is this idea that we are in a age where there's so much talk about hustle and grind and people showing up on, I think, social media, especially in the entrepreneurial world. I think there's like these two sides. It's like, there's this group that says hustle, grind, work the 16 hours a day, give everything up in your life and, you know, don't have everything else but a business. And then there is this world of the, I just heard this from my sister-in-law, like, you know, there's some kid that's 16 years old that making millions of dollars playing video games on YouTube. So there's this idea that it has to be these major extremes. And why can't we just accept and embrace the fact that we get to, and it's the word that I say, and I think I know you say it to yourself every day, choose Mm -hmm. what we get to do every single day Mm -hmm. and choose what this life and what this business looks like. So much of us talk about this, the dreams and the visions and the goals and all the outcomes and stuff. But what if, what if, what imagine for a second saying, this is where I'm going, but today I'm choosing to do this because this is what's going to make me happy. And this is what's going to get me to where I want my life, my business to be. And so often with even the, you know, all these success stories that, you know, I know all of us, you know, in this coaching train space love to share, but the reality is this, is that some of those success stories, they're not all 10 figures or nine figures. Some of them are you doing mid six figures, working 10 hours a week, having the time with their family. So at the end of the day, I believe you get to choose what success looks like for you. And I think that's where it starts for most people. And at the end of the day, they're not going to look at it as hustle or grinding. They're not going to look at it as, oh, I want to actually take the easy way out, but they're going to say, I actually put my heart and sweat into this and I'm proud of it. And that's where I believe fulfillment comes from in any type of business anyone's building out there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And what I love about what you're saying is that you get to, that choice is something that you get to have. It's a privilege. It is absolutely a privilege to get to choose whether you want to be a part of the online business entrepreneur revolution or not. 
I really highly recommend that you do because that revolution is happening anyway, but that's a whole other podcast episode. So <laughs> talk to me about the have tos of life because life can feel like a giant have to um, just in the current state of the world. I have to homeschool. I have to quarantine. I have to build an online business so that I can make my, my home, like I can contribute to my home because I can't go to work right now. So let's talk about have to versus get to. Yeah, have tos. It's I think that's what you're starting to hear all the time. And let's be real, right? Social media, there's two parts of it, right? There's the social side where we get to connect and relate and to, you know, build a community and tribe. And then there's the media piece where this is where people are getting their news and their information. Yeah. And the reality is, is everybody's putting what they believe is their truth. And this idea of what other people's truths are, that sometimes is said in such a way that makes it sound like a fact that people say, well, I have to, as you mentioned, I have to quarantine, I have to homeschool, I have to do this, I have to do that. And I'm gonna tell you a great story. So Emily, who is like one of my dear friends in this area, and you know, she runs an incredible business, right? You know, she, her school said, listen, we're, you're gonna have to keep your kids at home, you're gonna have to homeschool, you're gonna have to do this. And Emily said, nope, I am not doing that. I don't believe it. I don't think that's the right thing for my kids. I don't think it's the right thing for my family. And I don't think it's the right thing for their future. So I am going to figure out a way. Mm -hmm. And that was Emily. She went on this three-week journey. She, quote unquote, found a great school, private school that had her kids. And they did all the things that she felt was necessary for her kids to be raised in the way that she and her husband felt was right. And mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, these ideas of have-tos are opinions not facts. And if we start to make decisions on what we believe is the right thing for us, as opposed to listening to what other things are right for the other, which I think always goes back to this piece of our leadership that I think all of us are tending to forget, especially in this world that's becoming just so analytical and just so like, okay, it's numbers driven. And this is what the pool says. And this was servicing, but your intuition, what does your gut say? What do you feel is right for you? And the more likely than not, when you actually really listen to it and you can call it your heart, you can call it your gut, you can call it whatever it is. But when you really listen to that and start to explore that, as opposed to trying to back it up of a Google search or back it up on what some influencer said or back it up on what other somebody said, at the end of the day, what you're going to do is you're going to find trust in yourself. And that's what I hope, you know, everybody that's listening to this podcast really does is start to trust yourself. And at the end of the day, like you said, there's so many great avenues to really find that true piece of yourself in this world, whether it's business, life, family, kids, et cetera, there, but you can find it for yourself. You just have to first listen to what you feel is right first before you have to get permission from somebody else to say, this is the correct way. Wow. There is so much in there. I mean, I'm taking notes. Okay. So I want to go like back to People are seeking the truth and I'm seeking the truth. And for the me, I, I, this isn't going to be news. And if it is news, I'm glad it's news to you, but the media is not the truth period. The media is a lie, but I want to ask you, what is the truth? I think the truth to me personally because I agree with you, by the way, I believe there's so much fabrication in the media. So that's probably like you said, another podcast topic that it could go in a million directions. Mm -hmm. But I believe the first truth is this, is that at the end of the day, for most people, the truth is what that instinctual feeling of right and wrong is. 
But yet so much of what I've found to happen, whether it's kids at school or we get into the corporate world or what, again, what somebody else tells us. And I say this too. I say, you can but love what I teach, hate what I teach. You just, at the end of the day, choose for yourself and choose what that instinctual piece is. And for so many people, unfortunately, that's been trained out of them. I literally have somebody that I'm working with right now, and she's building this incredible business up in Vancouver. You know, she's working with parents to really give them permission to not be the super mom, to not be the person that has to be everything, but to really just be themselves and trust themselves as moms that their kids are going to be okay. And it literally took us four months of intensive coaching just to reframe this idea that, oh, you have to build a business this way. You have to build a business this way. You have to build a business this way. You have to go about this way. And so I think for most of us at the end of the day, the first thing is instead of thinking of what we have to learn or what we have to do, the first thing I always recommend is what do we have to remove? Maybe it's TV, what is, maybe it's this person, maybe it is social media, but at the end of the day, are we removing things that are clouding our own judgment? And are we finding some stillness, some silence in this world to really give ourselves a chance to listen to what is right for us? So, so to me, at the end of the day, truth is that instinct, that first initial reaction of what you think is correct and going with that. Mm-hmm. At which leads me to my next question is trust because the key component of that is it's like, it's that head to heart journey, right? It's like, okay, so intuition check, got it. How do I trust that? Mm. Isn't it amazing how all of us have stories where, you know, we love to say, Hey, guess what? I did this and I struggled for five years before I finally figured it out. Or I did this for three years. And I, unfortunately I figured it, I didn't figure it out till I did this. I, and I t- put a post up and this story will hopefully highlight this, but for you know, 2014, I, I, I had a, me- I shouldn't say I had a mentor, but I was at a, at a conference and this incredibly successful individual kept saying, listen, you get to either have the family, the house with the two kids or you get to be great and you got to choose and at the time i'm like worst advice ever exactly (laughs) so and and i will be saying it obviously i'm saying this from a male perspective it's a very male piece of a masculine piece of advice right that you have to choose you have you can only be this or that that sacrifice has got to be your life but I was like, okay, well, I'm kind of new into this entrepreneur thing. So, and I want to be great. So I guess I'll choose greatness. And for three years, right? I mean, I built one company and sold it and I built another company and sold it. And yet I remember being on my bed and I was, I was crying. Like I was literally in tears because I was like, this is something doesn't feel right. And that's the thing. I think the truth, if you don't listen to it at the beginning and you go down a path that doesn't speak to your truth, mm-hmm. it's going to bite you. And it's going to bite you hard at some point. And that's um, hopefully the mistake that most people don't make is they don't go too far down the path of a mistake that they didn't listen to, to the point where it causes physical health, it causes emotional health, it causes, you know, some specific breakdowns that I've seen time and time again, unfortunately, from amazing, these amazing born leaders. So my hope is this, is that hopefully you'll learn over time to trust yourself more and more and more. But when you make a mistake and you simply are hearing it again and again, and it's coming out in unique ways that are actually hurting you just make the decision to stop immediately you got to put the brakes on and you got to say enough's enough and that was in 2017 i said listen i was the ceo of a digital marketing agency the partners and i were 
fighting day in and day out. And we were, and it was just one of those things where I'm like, do I want to be in a lawyer's office, you know, fighting over this huge growing company, or do I want to build something that really actually that I've always wanted to do, which is what I'm doing today. So I said, fine, buy me out, buy me and the three other partners out, which they did. And you know, the rest is history. And I couldn't be, you know, obviously I would say I couldn't be more happy. Of course it was hard to start over, but, yeah. but I, at, the, at the same time, it was the right move. And that was what I really believe. And that's one of the things I talk about again and again, like you said, intuition, gut, and can you trust it and learn to trust it more and more as you move forward? Mm -hmm. I'm loving this male perspective on it. And I can, I can hear the women, you know, the, who are listening, I can hear them saying, that's fascinating, but I don't even think I would get past like, it, like past the intuition point where I would mm. trust myself. Mm. And I think a lot of that has to do with reprogramming yourself, reprogramming. Yeah. And I, I just went live on this in the smart woman group, reprogramming what other people told you you were. So my question to you would be what did, what did you grow up? You kind of said it at the beginning, but more specifically, like, what did your parents or like your siblings tell you that you were like the shy one, the, the good one, the like, whatever, what was it? Yeah. I, you know, my, my, I was very lucky from my parents' perspective, but I'll tell you what everybody else told me. So yeah. my parents, I was the kid that actually left home when I was 12 with my parents' blessing to pursue my swimming career and to pursue my passions. Life. So I was very fortunate to have parents that quote unquote weren't labelers. Oh, you're good at this. Or, oh, you should do that. Or, oh, you should be the doctor. But I will tell you, I was always told that I was supposed to be, and obviously why I went into this my first career is like, you know what, Alex, you'd be an amazing sports coach. You know what? You'd be an amazing, because you're always, I was always named captain of something. Like you'd always be an amazing this or that, you know, like it's always something, but always was to do with sports. So in my mind for so many years, everybody knew me as the sports guy. Everybody knew me as the swimmer. Everybody knew me as that. And I am, as you can see here, I don't know if anybody else can see it, but like I'm, I'm five, nine, I'm, I'm built more like a wrestler than I am a swimmer. So talent wise, it just, I, I went as far as I could with the sport. I loved it. <laughs> But I was never going to be the Michael Phelps of swimming. Let's just, I, I wish I could have seen that in some ways, but that's okay. It, I, so many grateful things came out of it. But really, you know, at the end of the day, like I was, oh, you're just the hardworking guy. You're the person people like. You could be sales. You could be a coach. You know, you could be those types of things there. And I think that's why at the end of the day, I applied for a marketing position at Nike and I applied to be an assistant swim coach at a small school in Iowa. And I went down the swim coaching route and I did that for seven years. And just like you said, like we've talked about time and time again, when I was a kid, though, I was in the Tony Robbins. I was in the Zig Ziglar. Mm -hmm. I was into, you know, those speakers. You know, my parents were doing Amway and I got to see. Oh, my gosh. I'm an Amway like, kid, too. I'm an yes. Amway kid, too. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know what I'm talking about. Charlie <laughs> Tremendous Jones and all those wonderful people, right? I mean, those are now Dexter we're talking about some Yeager. names. Right? It's Dexter not over Yeager. until I win. Until I win. That's <laughs> right. So, but that's, you know, at the end of the day, you know, at this, after seven years of swim coach, and I was like, no, no, this is, this isn't it. This isn't it. So that's kind so of. So let me ask you a question though. When you decided to leave that, because I'm, I, I'm, again, I'm thinking of the woman and she's a mom, maybe she's a wife, maybe, maybe she's made some commitments like, okay, I'm going to stay at home yeah. with the kids, but 
inside she's got this calling or maybe she has this great corporate job and she's climbing mm-hmm. the ladder. And as a woman, the ladder is five times as tall at the yes. corporate space as it is for a man. And that's just the reality right now. I see it changing. I see it transformed and mm-hmm. it's got a long way to go. And so, but, but I'm saying like, like when you made that choice, you risked something. Mm-hmm. You risked yeah. people thinking you're making the right decision. You may, you risk even thinking you were making the right decision. You, mm-hmm. and there, there's other, there's all this stuff at risk. So how do you, how do you risk your career of being this like top sports guy to follow your heart? And as a man, I can't even imagine how challenging that was. You know, I, you know, and I say this with empathy, right? I think women have so many more challenging things than men. And I see it every single day. And it's why that so often when I talk about it, I talk about this idea of these passive aggressives. Like so often, you know, when people want to talk about the like, oh, you got the hate mail or, oh, you got the, you're stupid for starting this business. And of course I, I, I could hate mail every day. So I talk about, I could, I could literally get a hate message every single day there. But I always felt like, you know, the things that were the hardest when I went down this journey were those call it passive aggressives or those subtle non-beliefs. And I know that men often don't see this women and especially obviously having the most amazing and smart wife and very strong women in my world, they notice it instantly. And so like the subtle messages I saw were like my mom saying, you know what, this would be a good job for you, right? You know, maybe you should check it out there. Or, you know, obviously at that point, you know, I was, I was with somebody that I loved and about two months in, she said, maybe I kind of had drinks with somebody else. So I think I'm going to kind of flip over to this relationship. They seem more stable and they're going to make more money and those types of things. So, you know, those are some of the over things, but it was always those subtle things, right? It was the subtle, oh, that's nice. Oh, how wonderful. Or, you know, maybe you should do a job. Or have you ever thought about maybe switching your business to work with swim coaches? You know, all these different things. And, you know, at the end of the day, like it's, I would love to sit here and say, nope, I was, I was a bull and I just went straight ahead. No, like the, there was three, every first three years, I got zing, zing, bang, boom, like going from side to side because I'm like, well, maybe they're right or maybe they're this or maybe they're that. And I always, that's why I talk about stillness and silence and quiet and whether it's going on a mastermind retreat or just literally getting away. Like to me, that was the, the greatest breakthrough. And I, you know, men, women, it's, it's that time where the only way to hear yourself is in silence, especially mm-hmm. in today's world. And so the thing that really helped me was like, honestly, get in the way, like literally, you know, struggling financially. I went to, true story, I did, went to the Walmart. I bought the tent that I knew I was going to take back the next day because I just needed a place to sleep out overnight. And I just went for a few days and just listened to myself and what I really wanted and what I thought my business needed to look like and what I wanted to do in this business. And, you know, that was kind of the quote unquote, you know tipping point that really has kind of helped me say, you know what, I may sound confident now. I may sound like I've got it all figured out for sure, but Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, it doesn't happen without that stillness. And it doesn't happen without you listening to that voice of yours time and again and again and again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We all start somewhere. And what I'm really hearing you say is ultimately tell me if I'm on point here, you learned to lead yourself first. hundred percent. 100%. You would learn to lead your mind, lead your words, lead your actions. 
And I think that is so important. I have written down a quote that you said at the end of the day, you didn't actually say that, but you do say that. So I'm going to add that. So at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is leadership. Yes. And, you know, born to lead your company. Mm -hmm. And so why is leadership so important, especially right now? I know right now, and I know you're feeling this, and I'm seeing this with very strong-minded, successful, but more importantly, heart-centered entrepreneurs, but really I look at them as leaders. And the thing I'm seeing is they are feeling this paradigm shift. And it's not because of just COVID. It's not because of, you know, the, the Black Lives Matter movement. It's because some, there is a lack of leadership at the top. The idea that people that have these authoritative titles are not leading Mm-hmm. And the idea that leadership is eroding because of it. Yeah. And yes, we can talk about leadership in business, we've got athletics, all these different things. But at the end of the day, there is a current of leadership that is bubbling. And for those of you that are in this entrepreneurial space, you're probably feeling it as well. You're probably starting to recognize that I don't want to follow or just listen to the person who has millions of followers, or I don't want to just follow the person who has this title or the platform, et cetera. I need to go find that leader that I want to be a part of that tribe, be a part of that movement, be a part of that belief. And if people aren't getting on board with this paradigm shift, if they're not starting to figure out how to lead, truthfully, how to lead, as you said, so beautifully themselves first and foremost, and really find that born leader that they were born to be, you know, I'm, I'm a great speaker, I've, I'm not bash about it. But I've also know that some people it takes a lot of skill for them, but it's not speaking, that's not leadership, you know, these things about charis- charisma, that's not leadership. Everybody has this unique style of leadership. And it's your job to figure out what that is, how that comes out, how that gets amplified to ultimately affect and impact other people's lives in your world, in your way, in your tone. And so to me, at the end of the day, this is the perfect time, the perfect time for those that may don't even see themselves as leaders. Maybe they've, maybe they've ever been told they're supposed to lead. Maybe they've been told to just go step in the back or shush or you talk too much, or whatever those, whatever that word was, whatever that subconscious thing is, it's time to find people that are going to say to you, as you said, yes, it's now. Yes, it's today. Yes, it's the next day. And yes, it's every day after you get to make that choice. And I know so many people listening to this are leaders. They just need that permission to, to say yes to themselves. Yeah, I got to tell you, when I first started on this journey, I would not have necessarily, it wouldn't have been a natural thing for me to say, like, I'm a leader. (laughs) And so, and I know that somebody listening to this is thinking that like, I maybe they're thinking like, I wonder if I'm a leader. Yeah. It's, everyone asked me this question because it's funny. I, you know, when we named this company, I, I got this pushback. Leaders aren't born, they're made, you know? And I, I was just like, I was like, oh my gosh, like I did not realize we're going to get all this pushback there. So what I'm, I talk about born elite is this, is that I really believe that everybody has, I really truly believe this. And obviously no, I have no science background. I want to sit here and say this study from Harvard, but I really believe people actually have a specific genetic code of leadership that works for them, that if they don't 
work on that specific type of leadership, then they're never going to find that leader that they were really born to be. And I always use the story of this fish. If you saw a fish, and let's say you were Dr. Doolittle for the day, you could hear this fish talking, and you see this fish jumping out of the water, up and down, and you're wondering, what the heck is this fish doing? And you go over to the fish, and the fish says, well, I'm trying to fly. Can you teach me how to fly? You'd look at them and go, well, that's just, that's silly. You, you're supposed to swim. You are meant to swim. And I think that's what's happening. So many people say you're supposed to be a servant leadership, or you're supposed to be an authoritative leadership, or you're supposed to follow this communication pattern. No, 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 no. Why don't you find what works best for you? What comes naturally to you and lead that way. Don't be the fish that tries to fly, be the fish that tries to swim. I love that story. You guys can't see right now, Alex, but he's so he's, he's like literally using his hands to gesture this fish jumping out of the water. It's adorable. It's making me smile. So, so, okay. So, oh, there was this one thought that I had as you were talking about the fish and I was thinking about Preston Smiles book and maybe you can use this because I know I get that. I get the question, same questions sometimes too. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's another answer for this. So there's a part in his book where he talks about how every single person is born with a specific type of penicillin in their heart that will heal a specific type, like a specific spot of the world, a specific mm -hmm. chunk of the world. And it's unique to you. It's unique to your DNA, which is what we're going to go into here with your success DNA. And um, it really just reminds me that what I have is for the people who need it. What Alex has is for the people who need it. What you have listening is for the people who need it. And so I believe that everyone was born to lead at some capacity or another. So I love that. So, okay. So let's talk about the success DNA. Let's do it. I love it. What do you want to know? Tell me what it tell is. Tell you all about I it. I want to know what it is. It's a, first of all, it's a great name, success DNA. Like I just want it. So tell me what it is. Sure. I have, you know, and listen, I always tell people that, you know, at the end of the day, you actually get to choose what type of leader you want to be. But to me, there are really four types of leaders that I look at time and time again, that are basically starting points to understand what comes naturally to you. And that's to me at the end of the day, like I, that's why I feel like I've struggled for the first three years. I try to be the funnel guy and try to do this and try to do all these different types of things that just literally I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I just, I struggle with it there. It's like literally Chinese when all I want to do is read English there. So <laughs> one of the things I talk about is that first and foremost, if you really know what type you are, you can, you have this, it's kind of like the 80%. You have the starting point of 80% to know whether you want to build this in the business. Obviously, I teach a lot more from a business building perspective, but it's going to really help you start to understand, well, how should I communicate whether, you know, being a father, how should I communicate at home? How should I lead at home? How should I lead with my children? You know, at the end of the day, you can use this in a variety of ways. So the four types to me are very simple. So, and I'll try to keep them as simple as possible. You can probably tell I could geek, I could be the, the dork and I could go to full depth, but I'm going to keep it very simple. So the first one is the developer. And the developer to me is what you typically think of as the coach. This is the person that just, they naturally are just such good listeners. They naturally ask such good questions. You really just feel this presence from them that they don't just tell you what the answer is. They actually help you kind of discover yourself. They have this natural ability to develop 
people without really forcing saying you have to do this or you have to do that. They're just so good at it. The next person is the architect. And the architect is the person who can take this big vision, who can take this huge idea, and they're the person that can plan it out step by step by step. And my wife knows that she is a natural architect. She knows exactly where in the house, like when it comes to when we're straightening the house up, she knows exactly where the spoons go. She knows exactly where everything needs to go. So it's the most efficient house that we possibly could have. So we're not wasting our day. And that is the architect. You know, entrepreneurs want architects in their world. They want to know exactly, they want that person that says, I got this amazing idea. What do I do? And the architect says, well, here's step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, step six, seven. They just literally know how to plan it out to actually accomplish it. The third one, and this is my natural, and you probably can tell as you said, I move my hands a lot and I'm doing this, this jazz, the motivator. And the motivator is the person that gets people to buy into what they're saying, you know, and sometimes we think of this as the salesperson, but let me make sure I, I really am clear on this. Motivator isn't the rah, 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 you know, screaming at you. They are just able to use their language and their words to get you to buy in to saying, oh yeah, I agree with him or her. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, I like what they're saying. Like it seems that people just resonate and instinctively trust and like that person. Mm -hmm. That's a motivator. You can be quiet. You can be introvert. You can be extrovert. You can be loud, whatever it matters. But this person literally knows just what to say. And people kind of just seem to resonate and say, yeah, I, I want to be on board with that. And then finally, the fourth, which always kind of gets this holy grail talk, but is, you know, again, there are all these different types of leaders is the visionary. And the visionary is the person who's always thinking 10 steps ahead of everybody else. They're thinking one year down the road. They're thinking five years down the road. They're thinking they're always like, instead of them thinking, well, this is like what they don't want to solve. They don't want to solve problems today. They want to be ahead of today's problems and know exactly where they need to be tomorrow. And as I mentioned earlier, the person who's doing the parenting organization, she's a natural visionary. She's always thinking, well, this is where we need to be five years. This is what it needs to look like. This is what the world's going to look like. They have. They are so in tune with their intuition. When they feel like something is right or wrong, they just, it, it almost screams at them. Like, it's just like, no, like this is not it. And honestly, what you see is like the real true natural visionaries in the world. Um, you know, if anyone's heard the Steve Jobs stories, you know, they talked about, he used to be upset with his employees and scream. And the reality was, is because they had no, like he couldn't convey that vision to them. Like he didn't know how to do it. He yeah. needed an architect. So that, those are the four types I say. And like, when you figure out what you are, it's a beautiful place to start any aspect of leadership. I think that is actually an incredibly generous system that you've put together. Because when I first started, I would have loved to have known that. <laughs> I was, even when you were going through it, I was like, oh yeah, I'm a little bit of that and a little, a little bit of that and a lot of that. And so, yeah, I, I love that you shared that. Now with the um, Alex... Dash coon backsplash backsplash backslash the smart woman show is is that the success DNA that you're giving away yeah. to find that out? Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Okay. So let me get this right. Um, Alex, and, and go there right now because we're gonna end anyway. But 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 wait, watch, listen. Alex dash coon k u h n backslash or forward slash. Smart, yeah, whatever those slashes are. Whatever those slashes are. Smart woman show. Get it. Especially if you're just starting to learn that, hey, or maybe, maybe, maybe through this episode, you thought, am I a leader? 
I could be a leader. Or maybe you've thought, I am a leader. I just don't know what kind of leader. He's giving this to you for free and it's 500 bucks normally, which is super yeah. rad, super generous, very cool. Alex, I could talk to you all day. I, you are a motivator. I, I, I like, I'm inspired by you. You're adorable. And I just, I want everybody to check you out. I, I'm so, so grateful you are here. Thank you for your time. And we will see you ladies in the Smart Woman Group on Facebook. Chat to you later. I want to thank you for listening and subscribing to the Smart Woman Show. My vision for you is that you would experience the same level of success me and my friends have. Break open that vision, girl. DM me on Instagram at the Tara Oldridge, and I will send you a link to book a free strategy call with one of my success coaches today. Let's do this.